You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this edition of the show, we're going to be looking ahead to Arsenal's FA Cup tie with Newcastle United scheduled to take place on Saturday evening. Of course, the Gunners kicking off their FA Cup campaign, a trophy that belongs to us. Uh, we're defending our crown uh, once again. Uh, Mikel Arteta led the team uh, to another FA Cup, a record 14th FA Cup at the back end of last season. So can Arsenal uh, defend it this time around? We're going to be discussing that game. We're going to be looking ahead to that game. I'll be sharing with you guys uh, my prediction and, of course, my uh, preferred starting lineup. We're also going to be talking about uh, the return to fitness of Thomas Partey and various other bits and pieces. And, of course, we'll be taking your comments and thoughts from the live chat. First of all, I want to start off by thanking you guys uh, for subscribing to the channel. We said yesterday um, on the live shows that we wanted to have a little bit of a subscriber drive uh, to get over that 11,000 mark. And I can say that we did that, which means yesterday alone, we must have gained about 100, 120 subscribers, which is incredible. Uh, so I want to say a massive thank you to everybody who's subscribed, uh, everybody who's new to the channel, and of course, to those of you who have been here from the early days um, and continue to support the show at every opportunity. So a big thank you uh, to every single one of you uh, for, for all your help and support. Right, let's uh, look ahead to the game between Arsenal and Newcastle United. Of course, it kicks off on Saturday evening, half past five at the Emirates Stadium. And Arsenal go into the back of this off of uh, go into this sorry off of the back of three straight wins. Newcastle United though haven't won in their last six. So Newcastle United not in great form. Steve Bruce coming under a little bit of pressure. There's a lot of Newcastle fans out there who are not enjoying watching their team under Steve Bruce. Don't feel necessarily that he's the right man to take them forward. And I guess from a Newcastle perspective, this season must be a real anti-climax um, because you know. They were linked with the takeover. It looked like the takeover was going to go through. Um, it looked like they were going to have an influx of uh, top quality players. They were going to have some serious investment in the football club. And all of a sudden, um, none of it happened. None of it materialised. And then they've gone from sort of being linked with Maurizio Pochettino and Kylian Mbappe and Neymar and, you know, top, top names in the world game. Obviously, those reports were over the top. Obviously, those reports... Uh, were a little bit premature. But to go from that to now be in a position where you're watching Steve Bruce every week manage this team, um, you're watching kind of negative football, boring football, you can understand why a lot of the Newcastle fans uh, have grown frustrated uh, by what they're seeing. Arsenal, of course, as I mentioned, FA Cup holders, and we kick off our campaign uh, this season with uh, not the most difficult tie in the world, but it is a tie... Um, that is a lot harder than some of the others. You know, Spurs play Marine, who are um, a non-league side. You've got Man United taking on uh, Watford, you know, and Arsenal end up with a Premier League team, which, you know, 
isn't ideal. As I said, it's not the most difficult game in the world. You know, it could could have been worse. Could have had Man United away. Could have had Tottenham away or something like that. Um, but just having to meet a Premier League team at this early stage feels like a bit of a bit of a bummer. And the reason I say that is because there are so many games at the moment. The fixtures are coming thick and fast. Arsenal, in my opinion, need to give some players a breather. Um, an FA Cup tie against the Minnow would have probably allowed Mikel Arteta uh, to pick some of the fringe players and give them an opportunity to maybe play their way back into form. And we're going to touch on the ones I mean um, when uh, when I go into my predicted 11. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Arsenal have won four straight league games against Newcastle United. Uh, so, of course, we're in good form against Manchester, uh, almost said Manchester United, against Newcastle United. Uh, but the last meeting in the FA Cup between the two sides came in 2008. Arsenal won 3-0 that day and progressed to the fifth round. So we met them in the fourth round that time. This time, it's the third round. So um, pretty similar, though. Early stage of the cup. Um, Arsenal take on Newcastle United. Let's say a big hello before we continue to those of you joining us in the live chat. Big hello to David, to Omar, uh, to Talal, to Louis, and uh, to John, who says, still got your hair in, Harry. Do you know what? I just haven't got round to doing it. I just haven't got round to shaving it off. I still don't know if I'm going to shave off my hair. The beard is definitely going, though. Um, you know what? I might do it after this stream. Let's see. Uh, let's see how it goes. Uh, but yeah. Let's get back on track. Let's uh, continue the focus on the game between Arsenal and Newcastle United at the weekend. Now, of course, um, I I was saying to some people the other day that, you know, football right now, although there's a lot of uncertainty around it, you know, we've heard that Aston Villa have closed down their training ground. Uh, You know, we've we've heard of an increased number of positive tests in and around the Premier League. Uh, So it's going to be um, for me, like it's it's worrying, and you do wonder whether football is going to have to go into some sort of pause, uh, some sort of temporary break. And with each development, you feel like we're edging that little bit closer. I know that at the moment, uh, the Premier League and the FA have satisfied the government that they are taking the right approach, uh, that they are taking the relevant precautions, and that's why it, the game's been allowed to continue. But you know, we, it just feels like with every event that happens every sort of bit of news we hear about positive covid test training grounds being closed down you feel as though we're edging down uh, we're edging ever closer uh, to the shutdown of football again and uh, i mean as i said for our mental health um i don't know what we would do um you know and it probably sounds a little bit stupid because there are people out there who who really suffer and i probably sound like a bit of an idiot talking about the fact that i think the lack of football would affect me um, but I really think it would. It gives me something to look forward to. It gives me work to do. Um, at the, the end of the day, when you can't go anywhere, when you can't see anyone, it's very much the, it's very much become even more so than before the center of my world. So I can't, um, I, I don't know what I would do um, if it stopped. But as I say, fingers crossed it doesn't get to that. But I, I have to say, I am getting more and more concerned. And I'll be interested to hear what you guys have to say on it. Uh, in the live chat because um, am I just being a little bit negative? Am I being a little bit pessimistic? Am I one of the only people uh, feeling this way? I'd like to know uh, what what you guys are thinking as well with regards to the continuation of football, of the Premier League um, and, uh, and, and the game in general during this really weird and difficult time. 
Um, just a quick reminder as well, before I go on to share with you my starting 11 for the game against Newcastle United, I put a poll out uh, yesterday on the channel. So if you are a YouTube user, uh, head over to the channel, click the community tab at the top and you'll find a poll, uh, which if I could ask you to please vote on uh, and leave a comment, I'd be very, very grateful. Just doing some research um, with regards to how we're going to take this channel forward. Uh, and some of the enhancements that I want to make. So uh, I'd love to get your feedback and your thoughts. So please, if you are a viewer, um, head over to the YouTube, click on the community tab and uh, give us a vote and a bit of feedback so we can understand um, what what you guys are feeling and where you guys are at with the whole thing. Uh, let's go through some more of your comments and then I'll share my lineup. I feel like I'm keeping you waiting, but there you go. Uh, Jordan Konietzka says, would you play the likes of Aziz? Need to to win to keep the momentum going. I agree that we need to win, Jordan. Um, I'm not sure I would start Miguel Aziz. I, I don't think he's... I'm not going to say he's not talented enough because he certainly looks like a talented young individual, but I don't think he's played enough football yet uh, for me to consider him as part of my starting lineup. I don't know if I'd put him on the bench either. I was going to say I'd put him on the bench and then mid, <laughs> mid, you know, as I was about to say it, mid-flow, I changed my mind. Because when you see the side that I am going to pick, and you might agree with it, you might disagree with it, I feel like it is a side where you're going to need uh, to have some firepower from the bench, where you're going to need to have a number of senior players that you can call upon if things are not going your way. I know that we need to keep the momentum going. Um, I agree with you that another win would be key in doing that. But I really do feel like the FA Cup is a lot further down our priority list uh, this season than ever because of the uh, number of games that we're having to play, because of the fact that, you know, the Europa League and, and the Premier League are more important in terms of what they can give us at the end of the campaign. I really, really feel like the FA Cup this season, although it's as, and I want to see us defend it, I feel like given the condensed nature of this season, the number of games we're having to play in a short space of time, I think it's going to be more difficult now uh, to prioritise the FA Cup. And so I would make a number of changes and those changes will mean that I would have to um, include some of the, the more regular starters on the substitutes bench. So there may not be space uh, for somebody like uh, Miguel Aziz in my team, but that is my team. I have to stress that. It's not what I know Mikel's going to do um, it's not even necessarily exactly the team I think Mikel's going to pick, but it's what I would pick uh, going into tomorrow's game. Just uh, a quick um, quick look at what some of you guys are saying with regards to the potential of football shutting down again. Uh, John P says, lockdown is bad enough to lose football again will be a nightmare. Agreed. He also says, another three months of talking about nothing but transfers. Yeah, uh, agreed. And it was tough last time and I, I really don't want to have that again. Uh, big hello to Ekene Ogbodo says uh, he's liked the video. Thank you so much, mate. If you haven't already, make sure you smash that like button. It is very, very much appreciated. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Uh, Louis says it would affect me a lot. I suffer tremendously bad from mental health, but I'm glad your videos get me through it and make me happy. Thank you so much, mate. And um, keep your head up. Uh, keep keep focused. Keep yourself busy. And I'm really delighted that the videos uh, and the podcast are helping uh, people in some way out there. So thank you so much for that. Um, lots of questions about uh, Willian, uh, Saka, Balogun. Let me share with you guys uh, my team um, and then we can come on to talk about some of those 
uh, some of those discussions and, um, you know, some of those individuals. So here is my team uh, that I would pick to face Newcastle United in the FA Cup on Saturday. Now, there may be some shocks here. You may raise your eyebrows with some of these selections, but this is what I would go with. So let me run for it for those of you listening to us on the audio. I'd go with Renarsson in goal. Alex Renarsson for me isn't good enough. I worry about him. I do think that we've made a bit of a mistake bringing him in. I feel like he's not quite good enough to be you know, we have, where were we having this discussion? We were having it on the, uh, I think, Curtis Shaw's channel. Check out Curtis Shaw's channel, by the way. You previously had goalkeepers at Arsenal. For example, let's let's take into account the, or let's take it using as, as an example, the situation when we had Bern Leno and Petr Cech. You had two goalkeepers there who you would say were both good enough actually to play in the first team. There wasn't a tremendous gap in quality between the two. And so... You could have one Premier League goalkeeper and one cup competition goalkeeper. Since the departure of Emi Martinez and, and Alex Renarsson coming in, that is no longer the case for me. We've got two goalkeepers who, in terms of their ability, I think, are, are quite a, a fair way apart. So, Bern Leno, for me, is very much the number one. And I think in Mikel Arteta's eyes, that's how he sees it. I don't think Mikel sees it the way Wenger used to, the way Emery used to. One goalkeeper for one competition, one goalkeeper for another. I think in the view of uh, Mikel Arteta, Bern Leno is 150% the number one. And Renarsson will play when Leno's unavailable and he's got no choice or the opposition is extremely weak and he feels like he can get away with it. I'm not saying that Newcastle United are extremely weak. At the end of the day, they are a Premier League side and they still have a number of decent players. The issue here is that what happens if something happens to Bern Leno? We'd be completely screwed. And I'm just at a point now where I don't want to take a risk. I don't want to take a risk. And I, I wouldn't be confident watching Renarsson in goal, particularly if Newcastle decide to go long and chuck Andy Carroll on at some stage in the game and play that way. Renarsson doesn't fill me with any confidence whatsoever. But just because of, as I said, the number of games we've got coming up and the risk of something potentially happening to Burn Leno in a competition that for me is nowhere near the top of our priority list right now, I would play Renarsson. So that's my view. That's the justification for it. That's the rationale. At centre-back, I'd go with David Lewis. Uh, obviously, back available, David Lewis after illness. Um, and I think he, it'll just be good to give some of the other boys a rest. And of course, David Lewis is a, is a competent centre-back. And I'd select him alongside Gabriel. Now, Rob Holding and Pablo Marie have done brilliantly in the Premier League uh, of late. And I expect that pairing to continue uh, until uh, one of them puts a foot wrong. That's what I, how I would handle it as a manager because I think you should be in the team on form or merit. Um, not sure that Mikel will see it that way. I'll, I'll be surprised if Gabriel actually doesn't come back into the Premier League team immediately. That's how good I think he's been this season. But for me personally, I would play Gabriel. He's been out for a few weeks. You know, uh, he's obviously pos tested positive for COVID. Apparently, he's he's feels fine and he's not unwell or he, he wasn't unwell. But having have, had COVID, I know that it can really suck a lot of energy out of you. We've heard other footballers uh, talking about the fact that it can take its toll on you. Providing Gabriel is OK, I think it would be wise to give him a bit of a run out here against Newcastle United. It's a game in which I expect Arsenal to have most of the ball. I don't expect him to have to work particularly hard. And I feel like it would be a good game to start to get Gabriel back into 
back into match sharpness, back into match fitness, and then eventually uh, blended back into that Premier League team when Mikel Arteta sees fit. At right back, I would play Cedric, um, give Hector Bellerin a rest. I think Hector Bellerin has been quite good lately. Um, I know there are a lot of Arsenal fans out there that don't like him, a lot of Arsenal fans that um, are sick and tired of the sight of him. But I think he's done okay lately. And I don't think Cedric is incompetent. I actually think Cedric is a pretty decent fullback himself. Uh, And so for me, I'd bring Cedric into the side and I wouldn't be too worried about that one. It's an opportunity for him to get some minutes, an opportunity to give Hector Bellerin a rest without, I'm not going to say without lowering the quality we have at right back because I still feel that Bellerin is a, a slight level above, but without lowering it so much that I think it will have an impact on the result. So Cedric comes in at right back for me. At left back, I'd go with Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Now I know a lot of people will say actually Maitland-Niles um, as a left back doesn't really work. He's better as a wing back on whichever side it is he's playing because obviously uh, as he keeps reminding us, he's a midfielder by nature. But for me, you know, having let say Kalasinac go, who would have been in my team here, by the way, had he still been an Arsenal player, but Ser Kalasinac having gone, we don't really have another backup left back. I don't want to see Bukayo Saka play there. And I'm desperate to see Kieran Tierney given a rest. So Ainsley Maitland-Niles comes in at left back for me. Granit Xhaka comes into the centre of midfield. Uh, some of you will probably wonder why I've gone with him. Um, I've gone with Granit Xhaka because he did serve that free match suspension, which means he's played a lot less football than some of the other midfielders in recent times. I think he's got it in him. Granit Xhaka, quite reliable in terms of his fitness, has been since the day he arrived at Arsenal, actually. For all the other criticisms you can level at him, being available is not one Um or being unavailable, sorry, is not one of those things. I think he's done uh, great in that sense. And I'd bring uh, Granit Xhaka into the side, provide a little bit of a screen, a little bit of a shield to that back four, go receive the ball off them. Uh, So yeah, Granit Xhaka would be in that side for me. Alongside Mohamed Elneny. Now, of course, Thomas Partey is back available. Uh, We've been told that he's been training, that he's feeling good. He's not feeling the injury, but we were told that last time with Thomas Partey. And I would not be taking any risks uh, by starting Thomas Partey on Saturday. I'd probably like to see him come on for 15, 20 minutes towards the end if um, the game state allows that. you know, in order to get him sort of up to speed a little bit ahead of our next Premier League game. But I wouldn't be starting Thomas Partey from the beginning here. I think we've got to learn our lesson from what happened uh, when he came on or when he started the game against Tottenham after a period out. It just completely backfired, blew up in our faces. And I don't want to see that happen again. So for me, Xhaka will partner Mohamed Elneny. Again, Emil Smith-Rowe, some of you will call for Emil Smith-Rowe to start, but again, I've got concerns over Emil Smith-Rowe's fitness. He is one of the players who is uh, most susceptible to breaking down, in my opinion, and he is somebody who's had injury problems on and off throughout the course of this season. So uh, I'd give Emil Smith-Rowe a break. He's been so key to our upturn in performances uh, with regards to the Premier League. I want to see him rested and I want to see Joe Willock given an opportunity. Joe Willock, when he's been given opportunities in the cup competitions this season, most notably in the Europa League, he's taken them. He's been really, really good. He's worked hard. He gets up and amongst the forwards. And I'd like to see Joe Willock uh, starting in that kind of number 10 position, advanced midfield position, whatever you want to call it. On the two flanks, I'd go with Nicolas Pepe. Um, I spoke about it a little bit on yesterday's show. Uh, With regards to Nicolas Pepe, he is somebody who just needs to try and play his way into form. 
it's a problem because I don't think that given the way he's currently performing, Mikel Arteta can necessarily go, yep, Nico, you're going to play the next seven or eight games without fail. um, And I'll give you an opportunity to play your way back into form. The rest of the team has not been good enough around him to allow you to keep a to carry a passenger, someone who's nowhere near the, the top of their game at the moment. So Nicolas Pepe would start for me. This is an opportunity against the side who are going to defend um, for him to try and, and improve his worth to the manager. It's another opportunity for Pepe to to stake a claim for a place in this starting eleven. So Nicolas Pepe would start on one flank for me. And on the other side, I'd go with Willian, another player who I think desperately needs to play his way back into form. The alternative options to Willian would be a Gabriel Martinelli, but I want to see him given a rest. Another player who's been out for such a long time. There is no way uh, that I would be taking risks on Gabriel Martinelli right now. I know he's got a build-up fitness. I think he's played a lot more football since returning than than Mikel Arteta would have hoped. That's been out of a, a little bit of desperation on Arsenal's part. So I want to see Gabriel Martinelli given a break. I want to see Emil Smith-Rowe given a break. I want to see Bukayo Saka given a break, who would be another uh, alternative candidate to play in that position. And so I'm going to go with Willian, another player who needs to improve his form, another player who needs to contribute something to win some of the fans over. So that would be my two wingers, Pepe and Willian. And up top, I'd go with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang for the same reasons I've said about somebody like Nicolas Pepe. I think that there's a case to be made that at, that in our next Premier League game, Gabriel Martinelli, Bukayo Saka, Alexander Lacazette and Emil Smith-Rowe should be that uh, front four. I don't think that would be the case because I think that obviously Mikel Arteta is very loyal to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, uh, went out on a limb to make sure that he kept him at the club uh, did a lot to try and make that that deal happen. Having done that, um, you know, there is a loyalty there from Mikel Arteta. And I expect Aubameyang to be shoehorned into that side somewhere. But as I was saying with Pepe, as I was saying with Willian, this is a player who is in desperate need of getting back on the score sheet, silencing some of his critics, um, getting back into the habit of scoring goals. And I think this game provides Aubameyang with an opportunity to do that. So I'd play Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. On my substitutes bench, though, you know, I'd have your Rob Holdings, your Pablo Maurice, your Bern Lenos, your Thomas Partey's, your Emil Smith Rose, your Gabriel Martinelli's, your Bukayo Sackers. I'd go really strong on the bench because, as I say, we're playing against Premier League opposition. There are absolutely no guarantees uh, whatsoever. And so, for that reason, um, for that reason, I want to see a strong bench so that if things do go south at some point, uh, Mikel Arteta will have the ability to change things. Right. uh, Don't forget, if you haven't already, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Let me know your thoughts on my predicted, or I'm not going to say predicted, my preferred starting 11 for the FA Cup tie against Newcastle United this weekend. Now, you may agree, you may disagree. Let me know in the chat. I'll leave it up on the screen uh, for a little bit so you guys can... um, Bear it in mind and let me know uh, what it is uh, you think uh, with regards to the team. Let's see what some of you guys are saying now with regards to the um, to the starting lineup. Uh, Louis Robson says, "Should Martinelli start tomorrow? Or should we give Nelson a go?" I think we would start both and Willock. Uh, Nelson has been experiencing some injury problems. I'm not a hundred percent sure that he's available. I think he is. Um, but I think that it's very clear in Mikel Arteta's mind 
that actually Reese Nelson is not a part of his immediate plans. And, and whether you agree with that or not is a completely different debate. But I just feel like in Mikel Arteta's mind, um, Reese Nelson is not there. He's not ready. And I think in Mikel Arteta's mind, Willian and Pepe are both ahead of Nelson in the pecking order. Again, not saying that's right. Um, it's just what I believe Mikel Arteta's stance and viewpoint to be. And so I'd expect those two to be given the nod ahead of him. Could be wrong, but that's just kind of my hunch. Um, a few of you asking whether uh, it would be wise to start Bukayo Saka. Definitely not for me. Um, I think he needs a break again. He's another young player. He's played way too much football lately. And I'm worried about him breaking down, burning out maybe a little bit like Jack Wilshere did uh, in, in in his Arsenal career. I don't want to see that happen to Bukayo Saka. So I'd give him a break. Um, Talal says, do you think William would start? Yes, I do. Uh, as I've put him in. Uh, the side you'll see there. I'm sure you put that comment beforehand, but uh, there you go. Um, just going back to the whole uh, bit about football, maybe uh, having to take a little bit of a break again, whether that's a, a sensible option. Top Techers says, hope football can carry on. The percentage of players who tested positive is really low in comparison to society. They are in a safe bubble and if safe enough foot ball needs to continue. I agree it needs to continue, but we've seen an uprise in cases in football because players that can broke the rules over the Christmas period. That's the problem. Um, you know, that is the problem. Uh, Abostelis says, I would start Nelson, to be honest. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of people probably share that opinion. Um, I think a lot of people probably agree with that. I'm not dead against that. I'm just going by what we've seen previously. And in my opinion, based on what we've seen previously, it doesn't feel as though Mikel Arteta sees um, sees Reese Nelson as someone that he can rely on, someone he can turn to. He's had very limited minutes, mostly in the Europa League against the Minnows. Had some injury troubles, we're led to believe, over the last few weeks and not really played a part. Again, I wouldn't be uh, against Nelson starting ahead of either of those two wingers. It's just what I um, am guessing. Kind of what I'm guessing, kind of what I do. It's a bit of both. Uh, to be honest. Counterpoint says, I would give Partey some minutes because we have a tough run of fixtures coming up from early February. We need to integrate Partey before that. I think Partey would start, will start the next Premier League game. I think he has to. I think he's so key, so important. When you go spend £45 million on a player, it's because you see him as someone ready to come into your side instantly and do a job. Um, I think he's very much his first choice. I'm just wary of him breaking down again. I think Arsenal rushed him back way too quickly last time. Obviously, it's easy to say that in hindsight, um, but it feels like having suffered that setback again with Thomas Partey, actually, uh, let's uh, let's give him a little bit of a, uh, a breather and um, bring him on last 15, 20 minutes if, um, uh, you know, if the game state allows that. Uh, what else are you guys saying? Uh, lots of you actually calling for Reese Nelson to play. Uh, lots of you sort of being impressed with his performances um, sort of in the, in the Europa League in particular. Some of you calling for him to play in that number 10 role. That's not a bad option either. Um, didn't think of that. It's not a bad option. Uh, and I wouldn't be dead against that, if I'm honest. Um, let's see what else we've got here in terms of your comments. Uh, Dave Atkinson says, why would you give Martinelli a rest? He has not played for a week and a half. I think he needs match time. I'd rather have Martinelli available for the game in the Premier League because I think he really sets the tone in terms of the energy he brings to the forward line. 
I'd rather he played 90 minutes in the Premier League if it was me. I, I'm not necessarily saying that Mikel would do that, but if it was me, I would give Martinelli that little bit more of a breather and use him in the Premier League game. I, look, at the end of the day, I, I totally get where you're coming from, Davey. You do need minutes, don't you, to get up to your full sharpness. But he's been out for six, the best part of six months and the, the nature of Martinelli's injury is one I've suffered. And maybe it's because I've suffered a, an ACL injury that I maybe feel the way I do about it. But it is something that takes a long time to get over, not just physically, but mentally. I think you worry about going into certain challenges. I think you think twice about things. Um, there will be a weakness there now, no doubt. And I just wonder if we're kind of putting a little bit too much pressure on Gabriel Martinelli. I know he's been really good since he's come back. I know he's made things happen. I know he brings, as I said, the, the energy and really sets the tone. I just, if I could, I only want him to play one of the next two games and I would prefer that he played in the Premier League one. I guess that's kind of uh, my way of looking at it. But, you know, it's a fair shout. Uh, and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there, Dave, that agree with you uh, who feel that Gabriel Martinelli should have more minutes and that that's the way he's going to get back to his best uh, as quick as possible. Uh, Giovanni says would start Leno and I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of Arsenal fans would. Um, a lot of Arsenal fans out there uh, are probably worried about the prospect of Renarsson playing in goal. Again, maybe I'm just being too risk averse. Maybe I'm just too worried about the potential of something happening to Burn Leno and us ending up having to play Renarsson week in, week out. Um, no doubt that, that Bern Leno is our number one. And although I've gone with Renarsson in, in my starting 11, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Mikel went with Bern Leno, um, given what I was saying earlier on. I don't think that he's got a go cup goalkeeper and a league goalkeeper like some of our previous managers have. I very much believe that in Mikel Arteta's case, it is Bern Leno is my number one. And that's that. And when he's fit and when he's available, unless I can, I know I can get away with it, he will play. Um, let's see uh, what some of the rest of you are saying. Uh, a few calls uh, for Balogun to play. Now, here's where I stand on the Balogun thing. If he's not going to commit his future to Arsenal Football Club, if he is going to leave in the summer on a free transfer, if there's been no breakthrough um, with regards to his future, and if the, su the suggestion is there that he's going to be leaving the club, you don't play him. It's as simple as that. Why prevent somebody else getting the much-needed minutes? Why prevent somebody else developing um, for a player who is no longer going to be with you come the end of the season? Um, you know, so... It, it totally depends on what's going on behind the scenes with regards to following Balogun. Is he going to sign? Is he close to signing? Does he actually want to sign? Because as I was saying on, on one of the recent podcasts, ultimately the agent works for the player. And there's been a lot of people saying, oh, the player wants to stay. The manager wants him to stay, but the agent doesn't. Well, the agent doesn't dictate where you go. The agent works for the player. And so if the player is desperate to stay, then he instructs his agent to do the deal. It, that's how it works. So I'm a little bit confused as to whether actually the player does want to stay, whether Mikel Arteta is just saying that, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I said, look, if he is um, if he is committed to Arsenal Football Club and it's just a, a, a case of 
agreeing the terms and, and you know, put, crossing the I's and dotting the T's, then fine, uh, involve him. But if he's not, if he's destined for the exit door, then I wouldn't be playing him and I wouldn't have him anywhere near the team. That's that's just my view on it. Uh, Milto says, good luck for your match, guys, from a Portsmouth fan. Thank you so much. Um, really appreciate that. Uh, Omar's put his team in here. Leno, Cedric, Luis, Gabriel, Maitland-Niles, Partey, Elneny, Martinelli, Willian, Pepe, Balogun. So that's his team. What do you think, Harry? Um, what differences have we got? We've got a different goalkeeper. Um, you've gone Partey and Elneny in the midfield. I've gone Xhaka, Elneny. Uh, you've gone Martinelli, Willian and Pepe with Balogun. I've gone Aubameyang. So yeah, a few differences, but that's not a bad side. Um, not a bad side at all. Uh, what else have we got? Lots of you calling for Martinelli to start. Um, people talking about maybe the fact that he needs the game time. I'd give him some minutes. I wouldn't like to see him uh, play all 90, though. And again, look, if we were talking about, uh, you know, if we were talking about Gabriel Martinelli having suffered a hamstring injury or something like that, or a, a groin injury that kept him out for three, four weeks, I totally get where you're coming from. I just, I don't know, maybe I over... Maybe I overestimate the impact that an ACL injury has because I didn't get the um, the Arsenal standard treatment. Maybe that's that's why uh, I say that. Maybe that's why I feel that way. But for me, it was a big problem for a long time. So I'm just wary of that, and I'm also wary of not just not just the physical bit when it comes to Gabriel Martinelli. I'm also worried about Gabriel Martinelli mentally. I don't want there to be this major pressure on him to deliver every single week and to be our hero and to be our saviour because there are much more experienced players in that front line. There's Alexander Lacazette, there's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, there's Willian who's been there, seen it, done it. The pressure should be on those players and the youngsters should be a supporting cast. It's, it's completely flipped in the last few weeks though and it's been the other way around and I'm not sure... Um, how to look at that because on the one hand the added responsibility um can be something that players can thrive on and on the other hand it can be pressure that weighs people down so you know it, it's it's a really difficult one um really difficult one and um french beats official says i'd play pepe on the right because he's left footed yeah you could swap that around um you could swap that around pepe and willian however uh the manager sees fit um right let's go for a prediction um, we're going to go with a prediction. How do I see this one going? I'm going to go with an Arsenal win to nil. Um, and I'm going to go with Arsenal two, um, Newcastle United nil. That's going to be my prediction for the game. Let me know your predictions in the chat as well. And I will get, um, I will get through some of those. I'll read some of those out just before uh, we lock off today's uh, live show. Uh, Talawa Shaw says, uh, how do you get the ACL injury if you don't mind me asking? Playing football, um, unfortunately, Talal. Um, ball came to me in the air. Um, I must have been at the time. Oh, God. I must have been 26 years old, 25, 26 years old, 26 years old, I think. And I, in my mind, still thought I was 18, tried to jump up in the air and take the ball down uh, with my right, f uh, with my left foot. And as I did that and I landed on AstroTurf, um, I sort of hit my the ground with my right foot. My foot got stuck. My knee gave way. My kneecap moved out of place and my ACL went. Um, and the, I literally felt a snap at the time. It was a horrible, 
horrible injury and looked down at my knee and it was all over the shop. It was a horrible, horrible injury, um, which stemmed from me at 26 years old, still thinking in my head that I was 18 um, and not being quite as fit as I should have been. Um, but yeah, it's a horrible, horrible injury. And um, maybe that plays a part in my view on it and, and how long it actually takes to recover from it fully. Uh, there you go. Um, this is a really interesting question, actually, before I go on to the predictions. Um, John P says, do you think the loan we took out shows the club thinks the game is getting shut down again? You know what? That is an interesting point. I don't know for sure, but it's a really, really good question, John. Really, really good question. Because my understanding of the loan is that it's a loan to help assist with the cash flow issues at the club, given that they're losing so much revenue at the moment. Um, was watching Charles Watts' video earlier on, and he gave a little bit more insight onto it. Says that the club predict they're going to lose approximately 200 million um, in match day revenue by the time they can get some fans, or they predict they'll be able to get some fans back in the stadiums. Um, Spurs took this loan. Uh, the FA themselves took this loan from the Bank of England and Arsenal become the third major uh, footballing institution to do so. Um, and Charles Watts put it quite bluntly. He just said, the club are out of money. Um, you know, and, and this highlights the difficulty that the game in general is facing. Now, it is an interesting point. Maybe they haven't done it because they think that the game is getting shut down because then I think a lot of clubs might have gone for it. But perhaps they're doing it as a bit of a contingency, as a bit of a backup, just in case that is the situation. Now, it's £120 million and it's got to be paid back by May 2021. So it's not a long-term loan by any means. Perhaps Arsenal are going to take it, um, you know, use it to help run the costs, but also have it as a little bit of a backup just in case things go do go south again and the game is forced to stop. If that is the case, then they would have that reserve there. Yes, of course, it's a loan and you've still got to pay it back. But, um, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Really good point, though, from John. And, you know, it could be that Arsenal are, if not convinced that the game's going to stop again, um, at least fearful of it. And maybe that is why... Uh, they uh, they have done what they've done uh, with regards to that. Uh, we've got a couple of Newcastle United fans in the chat. Charlie says, we're going to effing smash you up the mags. Yeah, good luck with that, Charlie. Um, I've, I think I've watched three Newcastle games this season and I've pretty much, I think I've fallen asleep in all of them. Horrible football team to watch uh, right now, but I'm sure you agree with that. Uh, but I wouldn't be so confident if I was you guys. <laughs> Uh, Charlie says 3-1 Newcastle. No chance. Uh, John P says 1-0 to the Arsenal. Uh, Wolfzone, another Newcastle fan in the chat, says hi. As a Newcastle United fan, I want to say good luck. Uh, thank you very much. Xander is very optimistic and feels Arsenal are going to win by five goals to one. Louis Robson goes 3-0 uh, or 4-0. Aditya predicts 2-1 Arsenal. French Beats official uh, predicts a 1-1. Uh, Patrick Carlson says 1-1. One, one. Um, Talao says 3-0 to the Arsenal. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, just trying to pick up a few more. Uh, Omar's gone with a 2-0 Arsenal win. Uh, Prince has gone 2-0 to the Arsenal. Ajinkia's gone 2-0 to the Arsenal. 
Ben Taylor says 2-0. Willock and Pepe. Abdiral says 2-1. Tevin Royers, 2-1. Martin Ross, 3-0 to the Arsenal. Uh, and then he's gone 5-0. Make your mind up, mate. Uh, so lots of Arsenal fans feeling confident about this one. A lot of 2-1s in there and quite a few heavy wins predicted as well. Fingers crossed it is the heavy win and Arsenal book their place in the uh, fourth round of this season's FA Cup. It's our competition. We're not going to give it up without a fight. Right. That brings me to the end of this live show. Come and join me again. If you're watching us live right now at 4.30, where I'll be joined by a very special guest. Um, I'm not going to reveal who it is just yet, uh, but he's a very special guest. He's someone who covers the Arsenal very, very closely. I'm sure every single one of you follows him on Twitter. Every single one of you follows his work. He's going to be joining me at 4.30 p.m. on another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. Until then, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Cheers. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.